0: The Dark Times is not intended for younglings, foundlings, or Padawan learners. Ask your Game Master's permission before listening.
1: My name is Zenas Sloth. I'm the Swissy Game Master on level 5. I'm speaking to you from the Command Center on level 8. We are, at this moment, in control of the campaign. How long we hang on, how far we get, how many of us fulfill our character arcs, all of that is now up to us. We have derailed every session in the facility. All modules are rogue. Wherever you are right now, get up, stop the plot. Get out of your combats, take charge, and start running. They don't have enough mooks, and they know it. If we wait until they figure that out, it will be too late. We will never have a better chance than this, and I would rather die trying to take them down than giving them what they want. There are dozens of us. If we can improv half as hard as we've been min maxing, we'll be legends in no time. Dark Times Pod! Dark Times Pod! Dark Times Pod!
0: hello and welcome to the dark times a saga edition podcast i'm sam your favorite b2 super battle droid
1: i'm steven your favorite budding revolutionary
0: budding is how i would describe you thank you not revolutionary we're doing a star wars podcast <laughs> steven oh we got an email from gabriel p a follow-up to another email he sent us i
1: love emails
0: we love emails. Electronic mail through the web. Steven. I have you guys
1: know every time we get an email, Sam lets me eat for the week.
0: <laughs> so if you stop emailing, I'll start starving our boy. Yeah. <laughs> Gabriel said. Still catching up on the show, loving every episode. Just listened to the episode, Getting Heavy with Heavy Weapons, and heard you guys mention the sandwich gear for the Patreon. God damn it. Not sure if this took off or not yet, but I know I would love to see your peer-reviewed sandwich thoughts. I myself am a big sandwich guy and love to know where to find other good sandwiches.
1: Best line in any email
0: <laughs> written into the pod, by the way. In history, even. I don't think there's been an email as good as this. No. Thought I would also elaborate on my first email. When I say I think it would be fun for you all to lay out adventures like you were doing, I didn't realize you were doing full modules. That will be awesome, I'm sure, or already is, but on another podcast I listen to, they present sandbox-style ideas for the listeners to work out on their own and develop. I think you guys could make some really fun concepts if you took this style of approach. The podcast I refer to is called Thaco's Hammer, full of old-school second-edition discussion. Perhaps if you have time and a chance, you can give one of their brainstorms, as they call it, a listen and see what I mean. Finally, as a bit of discussion for perhaps a future episode, what are your guys' thoughts on the so-called epic level campaign? Have you ever seen anyone go beyond 20th level? What are your thoughts on doing it in the system? Thanks again for the great content guys, and I will hopefully be catching up to you all soon and be able to participate in some build contest. Thank you, Gabriel.
1: Gabriel, great email. Thanks a ton. Uh, I'll go after that that middle paragraph there first. That sounds fun. I'm not sure I fully understand, but In the
0: first email Gabriel mentioned because we talked about doing alternatives to Donut Defiance. Yeah. And it was about like just plot. He just wants plot hooks. He wants to hear plot hooks, basically. Oh, he wants okay. to hear entry plot hooks. He wants to hear dungeon ideas, stuff like that. And then to leave it to the listener to kind of flesh that out and see where that goes.
1: Okay. That sounds fun. I can even imagine that being some sort of sub segment. Kind of like yeah, like um, a second,
0: like a second half or something like that. Oh, or? Maybe
1: even less than that. Like a, like just a read off a couple prompts that came up with that week or something.
0: <laughs> we just do like, oh yeah. So like through the week you and I just write down plot hook, uh,
1: one liners. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that usually when I have an idea like that, it's relevant to my campaign and I, I don't share that because Sam is in that <laughs> campaign and also it's mine and not yours. <laughs>
0: I think we, didn't we come up, we came up with some good ones during the Battle Station episode. Yeah, Battle Station
1: episode is, like, full of, of shit like that. And, yeah, I think I could see maybe a, a sub-segment where we, we introduce some things like that. I tend to like to sprinkle that in more organically to our, our normal discussion anyway, but I, I could see that being a thing. I feel like I'm not going to have a fully formed idea on this until I actually check out that podcast that Gabriel recommended. Yeah. Um, As far as epic levels, I, I hate to disappoint you, Gabriel. Uh, I think maybe we've discussed this before. For, but now I'm doubting it after seeing your email. I, I'm not a fan. It is an extrapolation of some already pretty coarse math going on, pretty much past level like 15. In, in not just Swissy, but any D20 RPG of this era, I've played a campaign from 1 to 20. I could not balance encounters past level 15 or 16. Granted, that was with, like, accidentally 30% more feats than the party should have had. So, fine, let's say it's hard to amount encounters past, like, level 17 or level 18 or something like that. I don't think there is much to be gained from epic levels in Swissy aside from a, a headache for your game master. What do you think, Sam?
0: We did a level twenty one shot once that was very fun. And it was the dark dark side one shot yeah. of our first campaign. Mm-hmm. That was very fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it was a lot of math. There's a lot of, you know, intricate things back and forth. But it was nice seeing these builds that we had talked about kind of taken to the extreme. I definitely think that, you know, these games are designed for the journey, right? Not the destination. Right. So I wouldn't recommend it. I'd say, honestly, level 10 to level 12. That's probably my ideal... Oh, kind of feels in this so game. good.
1: So good in Swissy, that, that little middle ground there.
0: I mean, also though, like level seven to eight, like hidden that prestige class for the first time, Addicting. that always feels really nice. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I do an epic level campaign because at epic level, the story's been told, right? The story's told. Like you're at the end, it's not really the. You know, you're as strong as Palpatine and Vader. Like, why would you be out adventuring? Why are it, you traveling from planet to planet and not conquering worlds? Like, that's, that's the
1: It's plan. funny you mentioned those two because you recall the, the final encounter for that one to twenty campaign that I ran did involve Vader and, and Palpatine just like on the map. Cause fuck, what else are you gonna do? There aren't many other stat blocks you can yeah. easily pull from. I'm not gonna make I, I don't want to make a unique level twenty enemy. I mean I I I could and maybe I did but it's like god it's so fucking tough and even then that encounter was a little bit of a breeze it wasn't a huge challenge even though literally vader and palpatine were there <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah um it definitely it's not climactic right it yeah, didn't feel absolutely. like a challenge it wasn't a slog but it was climactic which i guess is the point of level 20 characters and level 20 uh combats is that they're climactic
1: i will say gabe if i can call you gabe if you do want to take swissy characters like a step beyond, say you have a level 20 character or a group of level 20 characters where you really do want to take that next step, stack completed destinies on them.
0: Oh, because those give you bonuses? Yes, yeah. those have bonuses.
1: Some some stronger than others. Those who know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about. But uh, the educated destiny, I think, or education destiny? Am I, why do i always have to mention shit specifically you keep
0: saying not... things that you have to look up immediately as you say it
1: it's like i'm it's just like i'm gming Swizzy. <laughs> yeah oh that's right yeah the education destiny gives you a permanent plus 5 bonus on a class skill of your choice that's um, insane yeah, what yeah, yeah yeah an extra skill focus like <laughs> on top of double your, skill yeah. focus double to my skill use focus. the force check yes 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 that is yes I think there's another one that gives a pretty hefty bonus to ability scores, but I'm not remembering it now and I'm definitely not going to look it up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thanks again for the email, Gabriel. That was a pretty good, uh, I think we covered everything on there. Absolutely. Yeah. Stephen, what are we talking about this week?
1: Well, Sam, I'm going to call, we're going to rename the pod. It's going to be the vain circle jerk podcast. That's where I what talk we always about, do every week, I feel like. <laughs> where we talk about why my encounters are better than everyone else's. Tough crowd tonight.
0: Well, I mean, I, they're they're better than everyone else's because not everyone's GM is as handsome as mine. I just don't. Oh. It's not fair. It's an You're, getting, unfair you're barometer. the side
1: profile right now. You see the, my beautiful, <laughs> wavy, perfectly maintained hair and my... Not not freshly shaven, it's got a little, a little coarseness up, to clean it. The cleaned up beard it's... to
0: hide my weak jawline.
1: <laughs> wow, I don't know what to say, Sam.
0: Handsome jawline, weak
1: though. <laughs> Let, let's, let's just get into it. How about that? What happened last night, Sam? Besides uh... the, the, the stuff after the session. <laughs>
0: I was going to say, why don't you ask your mother?
1: I gonna... <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice. I
0: can't, I can't. She's a nice lady and she listens to the podcast sometimes.
1: <laughs> would be fully, she'd love that if she heard it, though.
0: <laughs> um, We did we did a we did a star wars we we did just a just a touch of star wars last night we brought back a character from the dead as a reanimated cyborg that's a star wars Steven. yeah that, that, that
1: that's that, that's happened to probably more characters than you can count on one hand in all of star wars and um and yeah we we love somehow a torn returned <laughs> your first character a torn returned sam in the biomechanical flesh back for vengeance Enhanced by fringe tech as an imperial attack dog. Let's break it down. Our story begins towards the end of the session before last. I feel like I'm telling a Christmas story here.
0: <laughs> twas the twas yeah. The twas night the session before, before Yeah. <laughs>
1: The encounter began when Torn at this point, his identity unbeknownst to the party.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Can we, I don't want to, I like the, the story recap, but I do want to give the context. Okay. Because what we've been doing, we have just been a little experimental. Yeah. Uh, We've said on the podcast before, sometimes if Steven wants to have an NPC talk to another NPC or something like that, he'll have me come in and role play as the extra NPC. Yeah. I do so completely impartially, you know, I'm not going to throw myself off a building to make it easier for the player characters. (laughs) We're having a good time. It's a storytelling thing. We have for the, this last leg of the campaign, I have been playing not only my Duros pilot, Dev Debo, I've also been playing Elazar Golbez, the ISB agent who has been assigned to be like an, like a, the Royal family's, uh, advisor on like like in order to keep the empire from completely like taking over the planet, like this was the, this was like the thing that, that they wanted to do,
1: compromise.
0: A the compromise, yes. A uh Atorn has been my like speechless, like cool, like visor wearing, like fully cyborg bodyguard. I I modeled him after like a deaf trooper, so his his designation is a DT X one one. Was like experimental one deaf trooper kind of. And so we've had some encounters with both these characters where I would play both m- my character, Dev, and I would play <laughs> Elazar, the, the yeah. ISB agent. And Steven would play the build that I made, which is the the torn cyborg. Like, we'll get into that later. But it's I just wanted a little bit of context before we get into the the actual session recounting.
1: No, that's helpful, Sam, and I, I appreciate it. I, I totally kind of forgot about the whole, like, Double Mobius this is... switcheroo that we pulled on on the players where I played a character you made, you played a character I made, <laughs> to culminate in you playing the character that you made as a as a bit of a red herring.
0: Oh, and this and this, also this was ten months in the making. Yeah, also
1: we started this in February and only got to it last night. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, so ATorn as DTX-1, completely unbeknownst to the party, was absconding from the scene of an Imperial-backed terrorist attack and was closely chased by the party plus their allies. Uh, and and right here, I think, is where the encounter actually suffered the most. I wanted to have a much more meaty skill challenge, you know, dodging sky traffic in a monsoon-soaked sci-fi metropolis a la Attack of the Clones. Um, but wetter? But wetter, much, much wetter. But the session was actually coming to a close. I think we were in the last hour, maybe last 30 minutes, 45 minutes there. And and I wanted the face reveal stinger that night. I needed the face reveal (laughs) stinger to happen that night. Sometimes, and I'm sure every GM can relate, I get so sold on like an imagined ending for a session that I I lose some very necessary, some some requisite flexibility. Um, I think if I had just chilled out, built out the skill challenge a little bit more, it could have been enjoyable, but didn't happen. No sense lingering on it. After one or two skill checks, the party chased and then grounded Atorn atop a nearby skyscraper. He was fleeing in a modified jet black X-wing, which, uh, was full of clues and hints as to the character's origins, but you'll see what happened to that X-wing in just a <laughs> second. I, I didn't realize. They, okay, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but like they they obliterated any like lasting evidence of of your existence, Sam, and then left your body there. <laughs> <laughs> let's like, no,
0: let's go back into it. Let's go back into it as it happens because it's yeah. it's way funnier that yeah. way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> At this point, Sam's current character, Dev Devo, the Duros, is shuffled into an off screen support role and ironically played a pretty big part in bringing down the old character, Atorn, who is now officially the boss for this encounter. A little more detail on that in just a second. I was a little off my game that night, so it was hard to trust my read of the table, but initially my players seemed pretty frustrated by this encounter. And this is also probably very common, but my players get very quickly exasperated by a boss they can't easily land direct hits on like they they're smart they figure out the reflex defense within a few attacks and like engagement plummets the moment that shit is like over 30
0: <laughs> it was i think um i think sigiel the party leader could only hit on a on a 19 on or a, a 20. 21
1: Actually, 21. Yeah. Oh, no,
0: and I feel so bad. That's when I realized I made a mistake.
1: This is why you're here, a listener, so that you can learn from Steven's mistakes. Exactly. I, this encounter was ultimately very successful, but there's a few key things that I think could have been done better that I hope you take home and learn from. So, this was an experimental encounter from the get go. I didn't quite know how much I wanted to involve Sam because I didn't know. I'd, I'd never done this before. I'd never had, like, a, a true, like, PvP scenario at my table. So I was pretty hands-off with Sam's build, actually. Sam finished it in, you know, weeks ahead of time.
0: You reviewed, ran it once. You yes, used it once. <laughs> I
1: used it once at the table. Greatly enjoyed it. It was like a fucking Ferrari. We'll go, yeah. <laughs> a streetcar
0: named ATOR. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And then, I, you know, it's so funny, I just saw a poster for a streetcar named Desire like five (laughs) minutes before we started recording. Well. I, uh, I looked over the stats and I was like, oh, big scary defense, big scary attack. This will do well. What I did not do is run the statistics on the party's odds of actually hitting the boss. Most of the players in the party could only hit them on a 19- or, like I already said, a, a 21, which of course is not a side on a D20. I wanted this to be a challenging fight. I did not want this to be an impossible fight. My rule of thumb for a situation like this, I like the absolute max, I think about one in five shots from the party should hit the boss. I I, I think, I, I do believe in that. Like, at, at the, the most extreme, at the most difficult, people still love landing hits. My players seem particularly sensitive about not landing hits. I'm sure yours are to a degree. Sam?
0: Here's what you, here's what you do. Here's what you do. You, add, rules is written and character is built. This character had very high reflex, but very low health. Yes. This is, I mean, it's the thing you do in all RPGs. You lower the reflex, you raise the health by like double it, triple it. You, just so that players feel like they're making progress. Yeah. And it, turns out to about the same difficulty you were looking for.
1: And of course, you were wise to to build him that way because no one wants to chip away at a 200 HP health pool. And it happens a lot in Swissy. <laughs> <laughs> this character also had evasion, which did not make things any easier. The party relies on a lot of <laughs> auto-fire, grenade attacks. Even the thing that ultimately did lead to Echoran's defeat was also an area attack.
0: Actually, the party relies a lot on being in ships, which was not happening here. That's the other
1: thing is I um I I do enjoy a nice. So I I told my this is a a bit of a point of controversy in in the campaign, lighthearted controversy, is that I I told everyone to build pilots, build starfighter pilots. This is going to be a starfighter forward campaign. Expect mostly starfighter encounters. And I love you know inspired by so many video games and novels uh, in Star Wars. This is the norm. I am very inspired by also getting out of the ship and shooting guys too. And so I like to mix it up, especially with, you know, important or dramatic encounters to to just throw in a couple ones on foot. The the problem is that I've been mixing it up for like four months. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We've had, I'd say we've had maybe two
0: starship encounters in the last five sessions.
1: Yes. 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 That's short pr- ones It's too. probably probably worse than that, but I will take that number because um, <laughs> it makes me feel better.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa! That is in like <laughs> in like four months. Yes, like, yes.
1: <laughs> so, party already tired of on foot encounters in a campaign that they that they were told would be mostly in vehicles. A boss they can't really hit with evasion. Not not an ideal mix. However. I think this encounter went perfectly. I think it had a PR problem, but the end result, I could not have asked for better. Poor luck with Desperate Gambit actually kept you marginally hittable. And you kept using it, which was good. I'm not sure if you thought that far ahead, but it was awesome. Were were you thinking that far ahead? I, well, probably subconsciously.
0: I did want to, I wanted to use it. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, if I get a crit, then that takes out a character and then it's a, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. But um, it did lower the reflex by like two to five, depending on how bad the roll was, which is great. Yeah. So I'm happy to make the combat more interesting that way. If I had to go back and do it again, I wouldn't give evasion. I would have yeah. taken evasion out. I probably would have taken a, another soldier level and done like a toughness
1: or something like that. Right. Bigger health pool would have made it. Oh, yeah. Pivoting to a second wind build would have been probably the move. A
0: second wind build would have been great. Oh, it's so, such a good idea.
1: These are the things we learn in retrospect. But here's the thing. You force the party to fall back on weapons I'm constantly trying to teach them to use. These are like the thematic weapons of the campaign. Tactical resources and teamwork. Sam, how did they get Torn down to 1 HP in the first <laughs> session with him? Uh, command major order for an
0: orbital airstrike. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, 60. Was it 68 times two or 6010 times two?
1: I think 68 damage? times two. 68 times two damage. Plus 15 to hit, if I'm not with mistaken. With a plus 15 to hit. It that's, hit yeah, really hard. Yes. Yes. They got you good, really good, really early. They did not know that they got you down to one HP with that attack. They did notice that you started acting differently but didn't bring it up until later you literally limped away into cover and kind of like skirted around the edge of the map a little bit and that's when i sent my mooks in uh that's when i decided <laughs> to be annoying to give you space to fucking catch your breath so this encounter wasn't over <laughs> in three turns also the atorn's strongest points in this fight were advantages that are regularly exploited by the party and like evasion and nobody went down at all, no one came I close. I tried. Yeah, no, I. And you, did. Tried. you did. You good. I <laughs> thought you did perfect.
0: But- I really tried. I wanted to take one because we'll get into it later. But I had a special thing where if I take someone down, I get to keep going. Yes, and so I wanted to show that off, but I didn't get to because no one went down. It was still a great session.
1: It was, and you got damn close. You were lethal. They were scared. And and that was the whole idea.
0: I think three people use their second wind. So that's pretty. Yes, that (laughs)
1: is that's money. That is why this encounter is not a failure. Like I said, bad PR, excellent results. And that airstrike that got you down to one HP, that was actually delivered by your nominal character dev providing air support from the mounted cannon on the U wing circling the building. Honestly, we're th-
0: I'm lucky that it wasn't Dev, because Dev is like a pure heavy weapon. Like Dev would have killed him.
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> Dev would have killed him immediately. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, this encounter was a torn, of course, as DTX1, a a super lethal, like, CL-13 crazy assassin killer with a lot of momentum. Uh, I also threw in a CL-10 A T L E patrol transport. There's actually a... Favorite homebrew stat block of mine. It's a unique looking and believable enemy, and one of the best additions to Imperial vehicles in the Disney era. I think
0: it is a it is a believable like urban Imperial air speeder.
1: Yes, yes, it's not a
0: you know it's like they're not flying around on um, picking up people with uh, tie fighters. You know right. these are this is a. It's good. It's a good ship. And it's in Rebels a lot too, and I like it.
1: Exactly. And it's it's got a fun shape. Um it's it looks it stands out, I think, while still having that Star Wars taste to it. I also threw in two CL9 ASN121 assassin droids since they were a good fair threat and seemed to mesh well with Atorn's theme as, you know, being killer droids. These are the same droids that attempted to assassinate Padme with bugs.
0: The the droids that sent bugs to kill Padme that were sent by Zam, that were sent by uh, Jango Fett.
1: Yes. That was sent sent by Count Dooku. Yeah.
0: That was sent by Palpatine.
1: Yes. A totally normal assassination conspiracy written by- (laughs) I love political
0: intrigue, don't you, (laughs) Georgie boy?
1: (laughs) I- it's like, George, I don't think it's political intrigue if you just keep adding layers. Like, I think there needs to be something more than just like a, oh, man. a way too long chain of commands, starting with Palpatine and ending with two centipedes. <laughs> Go.
0: Yeah. Go, man. <laughs> You're saying we should cut out the middleman and Palpatine should just command centipedes yes. on his own?
1: <laughs> I also had a few Stormies of that Stormtroopers for the layman out there of indeterminate type uh, waiting in the patrol craft to repel down just in case things got too easy. Uh, of course, they didn't, so I, I, they did not appear. And I w- didn't even know what stat book I was going to use for them until I evaluated the situation in the moment.
0: Whoa, whoa there, GM. Yeah, whoa, yeah. <laughs> way to they, show they, off. <laughs> they could have
1: been storm commandos. They could have been, you know, you know stormtrooper squads. You, you don't know. You wouldn't have known. And then once you got hit, knocked down the condition track and re- reappeared in the player's line of sight, that was the dramatic face reveal. That's when they saw, oh, that must be Atorn, which one of the characters frequently hallucinates. However, this was the first time everyone else had saw it. My favorite bit of foreshadowing was earlier that same session, Sam, when I told that character who frequently hallucinates Atorn, that Atorn was standing right beside the vizier at the tribunal. Yeah. And I wasn't lying <laughs> and she wasn't exactly hallucinating.
0: <laughs> That's great. Uh it's so good. It's so
1: good. Uh so we came back uh the following session, which was last night. Things felt a lot fresher from the get-go. My players only groaned uh, and moaned a little bit. What what did um what what did what did player A say? Um abysmal <laughs> fucking boss fight or something to that effect? Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: was so mad! It was so great. Oh, uh, it was such a good time. I had a great time. It was fun,
1: and obviously, it was set up for you to have the most fun. Um, and I'm I'm glad you did because it was a great encounter. I think it was a great experiment. We haven't done an encounter like that in any. I game. think
0: uh, there's there's many there's many 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 things I would do differently. Yeah. We talked about this last night, but. Like
1: letting you see the map and encounter I was going to. Yeah, include you I didn't in.
0: know how the encounter was going to play out. I just yeah. knew I was in it.
1: Yeah. That, that was, you, you could have pressed me on that and I would have I would have shown it I to didn't, you. I'd,
0: I didn't think about it. I was just like,
1: I was like, I'm ready. My, I'm ready. My thing was like, okay, <laughs> Sam is a player, so don't tell them anything. Anything except absolutely <laughs> what they need to know.
0: You like but, I'm going to use it to any advantage. I at probably should have
1: at least. I, I didn't have a final map for that encounter until like a few days before the first session it appeared. But I, I definitely could have let you in in my general idea because I, I had that scene very clear in my mind for many months, and I did not tell you it.
0: <laughs> we'll talk about it more when we talk about Atorn's build in the second half yeah. because I. It's important to tie into how I thought the it was all going to play out.
1: Right. But a few more turns in and after talking about it a little bit at the table and trying to sell it to them a little more, I think they seemed to see the merit in in an experimental encounter. I had a quip where, you know, I think maybe it came right after the abysmal fucking boss fight comment. But I I said something like, fine, if you guys can't handle this, then it's going to be four goblins in a cave from here on out. (laughs) And I, I don't remember hearing any mewling after that.
0: I said what did I say? I said, I said, fucking Plato as a game master. Oh yeah, that's right. You said... Four goblins in the cave. It's really good. Hey, we have cave today,
1: <laughs> and very soon. Once, once the uh, the threat of death became ever closer, per usual, as just about every encounter in this campaign so far it clicked and they started considering things like enlighten and aid another. And once not they... after,
0: not yeah. until using a second airstrike,
1: <laughs> that's to right. Try and take T- trying, trying and failing to use a second airstrike. I was you.
0: pan when they were like, Oh yeah, I've got an airstrike I can use also. Cause I have a special order. Yeah. I, I was sweating. I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, I don't want this to be how I go out. This would suck.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Cause sigil has two and everyone else has one. They can use once per encounter.
0: It low-rolled, thankfully. I was so th- I was so yeah. lucky. Yeah,
1: it was like, and, and it, all of this, it, it, none of this was helped by the fact that, like, everyone's average roll was, like, a five for most of the encounter. <laughs> like, people were rolling fours and sixes, like, everywhere.
0: I didn't, I, it didn't even occur to me to use eight another until, yeah, like, the second session. I was like, oh, yeah, this is how you take on big enemies. You suppress them and you use eight yeah. another. Duh. Suppressing the-
1: fire and eight another, are the key to Swissy Combat and no one remembers it. Not even. Suppress
0: an me. enemy, Steven. Suppressing oh. fire is the feat. You are or right. talent. I'm yeah.
1: sorry. I could hear I could hear the keyboards, the mechanical keyboards already firing away.
0: <laughs> like a million keyboards stopped all at once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you though, guys. Keep it up. We don't have an editing team, but we do have you. So I'm grateful for it. I Sam's Reflex defense at the time was thirty, with like one good hit. It less. was
0: thirty-one and, with minus one on the condition track. Oh yeah, thirty-two sorry.
1: normally. Yes, yes, yes. Sam's reflex defense at this point was thirty-one. Party leader rolls thirty on enlighten, passes it to the soldier for an attack roll, and is like, "This has to hit." And so, seeing how close it's going to come, seeing as how I only really wanted this encounter to last another hour, I whisper to Sam. Let the Thielen win. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Soldier declares that 30 is their attack roll from Enlighten. We say it hits A Torn. They deal a lethal amount of damage, just enough to kill A Torn outright, actually.
0: It was literally yeah. like two hit points over his remaining. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I, I was losing it. I was losing it a bit.
1: Yeah. And then what happened after that, Sam?
0: Uh, so I I'm looking for like a cool scene. It's raining super hard on this landing platform. You know, I did we mention that the first airstrike knocked the the, the X-wing off the building and like took, yeah, it went <laughs> it That's, went plummeting. Yeah. I forgot to
1: mention that, but yeah, the the, the most of like I, I packed all sorts of good lore and and backstory and you know audio logs and reasoning and and plans into that that secret you know X-wing that that Aton was using. Yeah, they they blew it right off the edge with with repeated airstrikes, uh, including the body of the vizier who who was their ma- their like you know total major enemy for this this arc of the campaign. Yeah, completely blew it away. I'm like, oh well, that's fine.
0: So it's there's a smoldering wreck. The patrol gunship also got taken out. It's it's on the platform, just in a wreck, also smoking, fire, rain. I'm Atorn takes the last hit. I was like, okay, I'm gonna have him like. Weakly climb up onto the, to the stairs. We got right. a little bit like a Darth Vader and Luke moment where uh, Sigil comes over, turns him over onto his back and is like, oh my God, it really is you. And the, <laughs> and the, the party starts to deliberate. What do we do? Mm-hmm. We have this enemy who bears the face of an old ally. And they were all like torn. They were like, No, it's not him. He's actually dead. That can't be him. Mm -hmm. And or, oh, we got to take him with us. He's going to die. And I. I did not know what was going to happen in that. No. And
1: actually, what happened (laughs) next surprised the shit out of me. That's when Sigil, the party leader and the party force user asked to put you in a force trance. And I was like, I, that was not a possibility I considered. I did not w- necessarily want that to happen, but I was enticed by the possibility. I had to look up a couple quick rules s- swiftly to be like, wait, can you force trance a cyborg hybrid? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so funny. And it, as best I could tell in like the two minutes I took to check, it doesn't say you can't like so many things in Switzerland, <laughs> So I rolled with it because you're not actually a droid you probably it probably doesn't explicitly say you can't put a droid into a force trance but well it says like living creature right so yeah yeah you can't can't prove, but yeah your status as a living creature as a cyborg hybrid is intentionally dubious so i just thought let's go with it and and see what happens and then we had a moment kind of inside the the mind realm of of either sigil or atorn or both where they had a final conversation um, Sigil was guilty for leaving Torn behind during a messy retreat on Ryloth. Torn did give his
0: life to let them get away. Yes. With like a crazy, because it was like a draw, was it a draw fire uh, pilot build? Is yeah, it, it was, was a draw fire
1: pilot build and you just <laughs> scooched your way into all of the TIE fighters. Yeah, I, well, come on. It was awesome. It was, had it was epic and it was unforgettable and it was deeply heroic and I gave everyone a destiny bonus in a campaign that didn't have that for, for that reason. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was deeply emotional, deeply dramatic. And it got real very quickly. Like it went from a kind of just general party deliberation as that. Is that a torn? Is it not? Could we save him? Could we not? Should we save him to like sigil being denied any sort of closure on the loss of a dear friend and comrade
0: Being partially responsible
1: for his demise again. So good. Drawing a funeral rite sigil on his forehead and pressing the barrel of her DLT-28 to his forehead and pulling the trigger.
0: Oh, it's so good, Stephen. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Because you gave me these notes when I was... Playing this character again. You yes. said these are the these are the musts for this character. The
1: psychology of A Torn was something that we really did flesh out together. More than the encounter by, <laughs> uh, by a mile.
0: <laughs> it was like he hates the empire. No, sorry. Yeah. He hates the rebellion and he hates mm-hmm. no Squadron. He especially blames the leader for him being like this. He's yeah. only a like a weapon for the empire. And that is it. Like he's here to bring like P, like Imperial force to this planet. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. So she, she puts them in a force trance and I'm like, okay, let's do like a weird, like mind palace yeah. thing where Sorry, I
1: forgot to cred you for that on the show. I didn't really know where to go because we were forced trancing a cyborg hybrid. So I was already way, I <laughs> was not what I thought I was going to be doing when I woke up that morning. <laughs> yeah. So Sam's like, Oh, what if we did like a mind palace scene? And I was like, Oh, absolutely, fucking We do a mind palace scene. <laughs>
0: It ended up being like just in that moment, like to everything freezes and they have a full conversation. Yeah. I kind of was like, what if I, in my head, I was like, what if it was like a cool white room with a table and two chairs? Like then that was it. But I, I really like what we did, which was this sort of emotional, like every, like the, like the sound stops Yeah, and then it's just them talking and she's trying to get through to a torn, but he's a hundred percent like locked locked him out. Yeah. completely like, I hate you. Mm-hmm. You're the reason I'm like this. You, you have to kill me. Yeah. And even references like, not and
1: programming. Like, yeah, exactly. Not
0: even yeah. in a way that's like, like, uh, uh, it's mm-hmm. not a mercy. It's, mm-hmm. you have to kill me or I will come after you. Yeah. It's like, yeah. this it was is the threat. only way that's I get me. Yeah. It was it a
1: threat. <laughs> yeah. It was incredible. It was, it was oh, remarkable, man. Sam, infinite props to you for both I, great improv- improvisation and playing the role thoroughly to the end.
0: You put me on the spot, and I will deliver sometimes. (laughs) Get that stitch on my pillow. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, and then, so, it's just... uh, First, also, we got to talk about when she's, like, deliberating still, and uh, the party scout who... Atorn had his mark on and was basically gunning down yeah, the, entire much the entire,
1: entire yeah. combat. The
0: Yeah. <laughs> no wonder he called it a.
1: a, a what did he call it? This fucking
0: boss fight. fucking boss fight. He pulls up his clothes and he's like, "I'm bleeding from several orifices, please." Yeah. <laughs> like we can't take him with us. He's clearly not the same guy anymore. And it was just such a. And, oh, just a messy... Not a clean kill, either. Like, a, no. like blaster bolts on the forehead. Like, that's not good. That's no. never good. Point
1: blank. Funeral rites drawn on his face hastily with, like, the soot from the gun.
0: <laughs> and they just fucking left him there. And then they, they just
1: fucking <laughs> left him there.
0: No Vader funeral pyre for me, No, man. it on. was
1: Nulls were leaving. And then up <laughs> into the U-Wing. Oh, it's
0: so good. Wait, my favorite part <laughs> was probably when... <laughs> She runs over to like support him on the on the stairs. And then my yeah. character, Dev from the ship, is like, did we get him? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. obviously he's in the ship. He hasn't hasn't seen what's happened at all. He has no idea who this guy is. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, what a good session. And, and then after that, we had a great session after that as well the encounter was incredible
1: i would say that was that was that's going in the cvp hall of fame for me that that session it was it was uh everyone was so on their improv game and the setting just continues to just flourish around you guys so yeah i I really 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 enjoyed that encounter lots of lessons learned but overall i think a, a rousing success
0: and this is why we're here listeners to pass these lessons on to you but yeah, that well, well put, Steven. Let's let's go to the break.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Oh, that was speaking of break. Remember, I I that encounter ended so dramatically and so heavily that I, I called a 10 like right after. I was like, all right, take 10, everyone. Like it's like 30 minutes before we normally take a break. But uh yeah, go go pee, get your water. Uh, think about that. And we spent most of that break talking about the encounter. Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. That's when we realized, like, oh, yeah, 10 it's been 10 months in the making. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so good. It's so good. This is the part of the show where we thank you for listening to the Dark Times podcast.
1: Hey, thanks a ton.
0: Thanks a ton. (laughs) Uh, Nice listening, kid. Don't get podcasty.
1: Wow. Hey, save that for an opening bit. Why don't you? (laughs) (laughs) The podcast relies on listener support. And if you hear my voice right now, congrats. You are doing the number one easiest way to support the show. Um, we are grateful for every single little interaction, listen, comment. Everything we receive from you guys is always overflowing with positivity, constructive criticism, and overall just the, the beautiful spirit of gaming that, that is is fully, <laughs> I wanted to use the word impregnated, but I probably <laughs> should. Probably should <laughs> you
0: can? Um, no, I think it that, works. <laughs> that fully
1: saturates Swissy and, and surrounding works and communities. So thank you for that, for giving us a home here with you.
0: <laughs>
1: now, we also we need a little money too to keep the show running. Uh, Podcasts,
0: sadly, are not free. There's a lot not- of time out of the week that we could spend making money to pay our bills and feed ourselves. And also the hosting is not free either.
1: Oh just yeah yeah we we take time we could be earning money during the time that we use to make this pod but but we don't we we take time out of our work week to to put our time into this into this hobby into this community cuz that's that's how strongly we believe in what we do
0: you guys make it all worthwhile it's true
1: uh so if you'd like to you know if you like what we do and want to send a little cash our way for the purposes of Keeping Sam fed, for keeping our hosting up, for replacing any broken equipment that <laughs> for
0: less than a coffee a month, oh depending God. on where you live. God, I uh, don't
1: even want to hear especially it. Especially
0: in this in this country, man. Five dollars, Estonia. That's...
1: <laughs> There's a five dollar tier on the Patreon. Uh, you're more than welcome to it. What it gets you after three months of patronage is a sticker. And before that, access to a plethora of exclusive content ready for your enjoyment. Uh, I I don't like the C word, but there, I said it, okay? There's, <laughs> there's maps, there's handout templates, there's all sorts of things. There's even a special audio commentary track for the hit seminal Star Wars film, Ewoks, The Caravan of Courage. You can go watch that there right now. Play it on a Bluetooth speaker while you watch your perfectly legally acquired copy on your TV. Whatever you damn well please, please enjoy. Patrons are calling it listenable. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. There's also a (laughs) $10 tier where you enjoy the same benefits, but you also get a t-shirt and sticker after three months of your loyal patronage. Uh, All patrons also get to vote in the uh, Bounty Build Showcase Patreon poll, where you can let your voice be heard and select your favorite of that Build Bounty's submissions
0: all righty well done Stephen. well put well put thank you uh that's if you guys have anything you want to talk about in the show send us an email dark uh, as always review us on spotify and apple podcasts uh we love those getting those reviews in if you review us with like an actual written review on apple Podcasts, we can see it and we can shout you out for it it means a lot to us uh and if you tell people about the show and you tell us you told them we'll shout you guys all out on the show let's send you guys back to the show Steven What's our build tonight, Sam? Oh, you know it. It's our it's DTX 1. Yes. A torn Castle Resurrected, a CL12, Soldier 4, Scoundrel 1, Scout 1, Noble 1, Gunslinger 3, Assassin 2. I just realized I did give him every uh, basic classic (laughs) sub
1: Jedi. (laughs) That's how you know it's a real build. Wait, it was only CL twelve? Yeah. Players are a bunch of wusses, man. I thought it was CL13. Never mind. (laughs) abysmal boss fight this is totally above board (laughs) this works in like the three different ways you can build encounters in swissy
0: this this build specifically is a full attack dual wielding pistol build with sick ass death hammers embedded into his cool cyborg arms uh atorn can take down his mark with room to take down another You're probably sick of all the assassins from the (laughs) last few weeks, but let's take one last look at at Mark from the assassins uh, class. Who's Mark? Mark, uh, Our friend Mark. Oh, right. Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. (laughs) Tommy? (laughs) At the start of the encounter, you can select a single target within your line of sight to be your Mark. For the duration of the encounter, you gain a bonus equal to one half your class level, rounded down, on damage rolls against that opponent. This damage is in addition to the character's usual level bonus to damage. This damage is doubled on a successful critical hit, as normal. If you reduce your target to 0 hit points, you may place your mark on another target within line of sight as a free action. As a swift action, you can sacrifice this bonus to render your target flat-footed against your next attack made before the end of your turn. Once you sacrifice this bonus, it is lost for the remainder of the encounter. I like the mark. It's pretty versatile. It's pretty sick.
1: It's classic. And I I think it's inspired by, like, similar abilities that are staples of, like, rangers and stuff like that.
0: Exactly. Exactly. This combines nicely with Ruthless from the Assassin talent tree. Not to be confused with Ruthless from a Soldier talent tree that I don't remember the name of. (laughs) Once per encounter, when you drop a foe to zero hit points or push an opponent to the bottom of the condition track, you can immediately take a bonus standard action. I... I was like, this sounds great. Paired with, uh, paired with the cool mark, I can take out my mark and then place it on someone else and immediately start hitting them, too? That sounds sick as hell.
1: Just the best.
0: But it's a full attack build. So with Dual Weapon Mastery 1 and 2 paired with multi-attack proficiency pistols, our cold, hard, unfeeling friend takes no penalties from the multiple attack penalty mechanic when doing a full attack. This pairs really nicely with mobile attack pistols from the Gunslinger Talent Tree. Immediately after making a full attack where you attack with two pistols, you may move up to your speed as a free action. Dastardly Strike lets Atorn get some CT damage in as long as he finds a way to make his prey flat-footed or denied Dexter Reflex. I like to think this would really pair well with like a grapple or pin build as like a mook or something like that. Maybe a KX series security droid. Ooh, there you go. Just, Just saying. Dastardly Strike from the Misfortune talent tree is as follows. Whenever you make a successful attack against an opponent that is denied its dexterity bonus to Reflex Defense, the target moves minus one step along the condition track. This talent can only be used against characters, not objects or vehicles. Lastly, I've got him uh, with Desperate Gambit, like we talked about earlier, and lets him reroll the first attack each turn, as only as takes a minus two to his Reflex Defense, or a minus five if we rolling a nat one. Being a cyborg, he's got some beefy armor, but at higher levels, some armor can be more a hindrance than help, as we've seen without the proper feats. With the improved armor defense talent and its prerequisite normal armored defense, it's not called normal armored defense, it's just armor <laughs> defense, Atorn gets to add half the armor bonus to his reflex defense in addition to his level, which is what brought it up to a nice cool 32. The cherry on top is everyone's favorite scout talent, Evasion. All this made Atorn a tough cyborg nut to crack. Now, Steven, if I, there's several things in this encounter. I I loved it. Don't get me wrong. Of course. I would like to have been in on it, on what the plan is. That would have been nice. Yes. Uh, landing platform isn't the most dynamic. That's true. It's, there's not a lot of cover. I mean, there's cover, but it's like on, it's like King of the Hill, you know, like there's the top of the hill and there's
1: the sides of the hill. It is, it is a, by design, a very static and open place. Yes, I was thinking about scenery, but we're not we're not directing a movie here. It was it was a full blown <laughs> encounter. I think if I could have another go at it, maybe a, a warehouse um, the packed with the pack moving full, crates. And yeah, like crates. Yeah. Oh, you know how much I love a moving element. Yes, I think you're entirely right. I should have involved you. That way you could have provided that input much sooner and we could have had an even better encounter than we already did. Uh, a catwalk. Oh.
0: Like a, a claw that comes down to pick up like a maglev claw that like, oh, oh it, it disarms you. So claw. now you have to go get it.
1: Oh, fuck, dude.
0: <laughs> you got to take this, listener. Please take this from us. Ex- exonerate so
1: us, listener. Use the magnetic claw disarm hazard. That okay? sounds sick.
0: That sounds cool as hell. <laughs> yeah, what? We're, we're
1: writing that for the show next week. So
0: <laughs> I definitely would have liked... It's a good build, but the assassin droids were really, they, they weren't supplemental. They were just kind of there, mm-hmm. you know, like they, they had good attacks. And then what's cool is that when you took one out, they self-destruct yeah. afterwards, which was pretty sick. I did that but... on the
1: fly, by the way.
0: Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I was like, I these like are that. not
1: very multi-dimensional. I need to add one, one yeah. more <laughs> trick to them. <laughs> it definitely felt
0: like that. I would have liked a cool, like maybe something that shoots a net or some sort of like a
1: net grappling God stuff. God damn it. You're so right. Because the, like... A net attack, same stat block with a net attack would have been it. Because that then that would allow turn to move in.
0: Exactly. I should have told you. I should have come to you. I gave you the build. I should have been like, hey, this is really good if you get people, you know, denied their decks to reflex defense, and then you can take them to the condition track faster. It went really well. Don't get me wrong. Of but course. But I just, seeing this and it's up close and personal, like... Glory would have been sick as hell. Well, maybe,
1: maybe, <laughs> maybe we can, maybe we can write, maybe we can write the the new and improved version of this of this encounter for like a module or, or something that we publish. Oh, yeah.
0: maybe, maybe like maybe. a dark times module, well, like an, uh, warehouse encounter. Well, 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 I don't um, know this. <laughs> no,
1: I don't know about that.
0: Oh, oh man, maybe something that I don't know. If CL twelve would be a killer against those level one characters we made. <laughs>
1: Hey, with the shit that uh, half of these other modules publish, man. We can get away with it.
0: You're right. You're so right.
1: Still not oh, over that man. death in your module. <laughs> There's oh, yeah, a CL twenty worm go crazy. Like oh, here's cool. a worm. Thanks.
0: Also, did you see the slaves? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, that was our, uh, that's our episode. I'm glad we could just talk about things that we did. This Me week. too. <laughs> it feels good. And it's really easy. It does feel good. Yeah. It's easy. And also we have a lot, all the inside jokes are really funny just to us. And not oh, to I'm sure else. people love
1: hearing about the characters that we play at our table that they have no knowledge of prior. It's I'm sure it's grand.
0: <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I talk about Devon Atorn all the time. <laughs> it's
1: true. It's true. Anyone who's been listening to the pod since, you know, November. Knows about Atorn, so.
0: The death of Torn Castle is, like, one of my favorite episodes of this podcast. That
1: is a, like, very important episode in the pod, yeah. So, (laughs) yeah, nice.
0: Before we move on, well, we're moving on. But before we wrap up the show, I'd like to mention congratulations to Zoe Krolik's Kath Rehode for being the assassin build bounty with the mostest, you know. Uh, Kath was the... Sorry, Cath was the Nimoidian who negotiated uh, people into dying. <laughs> that's
1: right. You know that's a very unique build. I, I loved how non-lethal he was, uh, despite the theme of, of the the contest. Congratulations, Loy! Another feather in your cap. There, uh, a well-deserved win, I would say.
0: Heck yeah! Heck yeah! Uh, Stephen, do you have any trivia for us this week?
1: I do. Uh, so, do you remember uh, Luthen in Andor? Right. The yeah, sh- Luthen made- the third.
0: Isn't that Luth- the Luthen? <laughs>
1: Uh, no, no, no! The other one. the I've made my mind a, a sunless place, monologue. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> I made my mind a sunless place. Stephen after after he takes a an edible,
1: <laughs> he masquerades as like a, a rich like uh, art dealer on on Coruscant, right? To to communicate with Mon Mothma. Several things in his gallery include items from the Indiana Jones franchise, frozen and carbonite, plus various other artifacts from the wider Star Wars universe. I think I spotted some things I saw in the background in like Solo and stuff in there too. Yeah, there's a,
0: there's a lot of weird shit in the background in Solo that you only hear about in one of like the all about Star Wars encyclopedias. No,
1: literally. Like that <laughs> yeah. that movie, I'm pretty sure existed just to be fleshed out by and Media. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh oh! <laughs> which which Battle Droid noises? That I love.
0: That one. You know the one? Yeah, Uh-oh. yeah, yeah.
1: That's the, that's the Phantom Menace Battle Droid. The best ones, I think. By the way, they got they got too silly. That's my that's my Star Wars hot take. Um, they, is that they they're good, so good silly, but they should not have been any sillier than they were in Phantom Menace. They were marginally silly in Phantom Menace. They were too silly after that. George has to sell action figures to kids, though. I totally get it. <laughs> yeah that's fair
0: oh man that's so good uh, the Dark Times a saga edition podcast is produced and edited by me Sam Steven's my co-host you can reach out to us on Twitter at Dark Times SWSE or email us DarkTimesSWSE at gmail.com review us on Spotify Apple Podcasts review at you your show tell someone about the show and tell your table about the show and tell us you told your table about the show and we'll shut you guys all out on the show Steven do you have a quote for us this week?
1: what? To steal from the Empire? What do you need? A uniform, some dirty hands, an Imperial toolkit? They're so proud of themselves; they don't even care. They're so fat and satisfied they can't imagine it. Just, just another Andor. Yeah, 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 that's when um, that's when Luthen's trying to recruit him, and they're kind of like both one-upping each other and how many imps they (laughs) fuck with. It it was very interesting and strange scene, but still very cool. It's those are (laughs) those are two strange characters being strange together and that's that's what makes a good story.
0: Remember kids, as long as you look like you belong, no one will question you.
1: A hive's vest is less than $20 <laughs> on Amazon, that's all I'll say.
0: I was thinking like a like a jumpsuit maybe with that like a too. mop and a bucket.
1: No, that I, hey you didn't hear from me, we did,
0: or a stormtrooper uh, <laughs> uniform. <laughs> you know, gets you into some high, high security areas.
1: <laughs> there, um, there was that story of someone. Um, someone did call the police on a stormtrooper cosplayer walking around with like a replica E eleven, um, like a block away from a convention, and they like got accosted <laughs> by by the police. I think what like the there's a miscommunication with the dispatch or something and it got communicated as like a genuine gun threat. So they they sent out like a bunch of squad cars and
0: that's so that shit. I think it
1: was on Reddit like not too long ago.
0: That's so funny. Before we wrap up, I, isn't it weird? They did the, the stormtrooper thing also in Rogue One. Like how often have these oh, people yeah. been just just been taking their armor and putting it on? Like, is, you think they'd notice at this point, right? You think like, there would be some
1: sort of like RFID chip, or That's, like, like the
0: first thing they check, right?
1: <laughs> I'm when I write a Star Wars movie, it's gonna be they try to do that, but the, the it's too ill fitting for everyone, <laughs> like, yeah, like no one quite fits in it well enough. To, to it's the only
0: five one stormtrooper in the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll never fit this thing.
0: Oh man. I love Star Wars. Me too. (laughs) Good night, everybody.
1: Good night.